On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Tuesday, January 11th, Ian Cameron with you. We'll have Jimmy Murphy alongside momentarily, ready to break down a Tuesday NHL slate. Uh, we've got seven games on tap in NHL action tonight uh, and some interesting betting opportunities when you look at the board, seven games overall. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, Andrew McGinnis will be back tomorrow. A uh, little under the weather today, but he'll be back tomorrow on the uh, show. We've got Alex B. Smith. Man, we haven't seen our guy Alex for a long time. We've we've missed him. I know you uh, guys that listen and watch this show daily have missed him. And it is going to be uh, a great, a great thing to have him back uh, Thursday uh, this week here on the Ice Guys. So we are looking forward to having uh, Alex back uh, on the uh, show. All right, let's get to it. We'll start with the Vancouver Canucks taking on the Florida Panthers. We've got Florida minus 225 home favorites in this game. Six and a half the total uh, pretty much across the board uh, in this one. Long layoff for the Vancouver Canucks uh, coming into this game. Of course, they have seen uh, a pause in action. Uh, They had some issues with COVID. Who hasn't? in the NHL, uh, had issues with COVID-19 lately. Uh, But nevertheless, the Canucks finally returning to action for the first time since New Year's Day, uh, January 1st, the last time we saw the Canucks play. They beat Seattle 5-2 in the Emerald City uh, that day. Uh, So a nice win for them. We know the run that they've put together since Bruce Boudreaux has taken over as the head coach of the Canucks, 8-1 in their last nine games. They have played like a much more confident team. Boudreaux has instilled confidence in the likes of Bo Horvat and Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. And all of a sudden, these very talented forwards up front starting to realize that, hey, we have confidence and we have a coach that believes in us. Why don't we just go out there and show people what we're capable of and the kind of skill we have? And I think we've seen that from the Cucks. We've also seen their team defensive game, to be quite honest with you, get a lot better. Uh, during this great run that they've had as well. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks certainly, uh, at times, their defensive game was kind of lacking, especially in the days, the the waning days of the Travis Green era uh, before the coaching change took place. Uh, But 8-1 and in their last nine games, the Canucks. And the goals against has been pretty impressive as well. You look at the goals surrendered, shutting out the Kings, one goal allowed to Boston, three goals allowed to uh, Winnipeg, one goal to Carolina, Three goals to Columbus, two to San Jose, one to Anaheim, two to Los Angeles, two to Seattle. You see that defensive game's improved. You see that the penalty kill has improved. Remember how horrible the Vancouver Canucks, it was getting to the point of embarrassment for the Vancouver Canucks with their penalty kill. And it's almost like an automatic goal whenever they uh, gave another team the power play uh, at one point earlier this season. You're seeing now the Vancouver Canucks have really started to uh, improve in terms of 
the special teams, especially that PK. Uh, we'll see if they carry that over here into this game. You know, obviously they've been off for 10 days. You worry about that certainly a little bit. Florida, on the other hand, 5-1 and one, uh, in their last six games. Uh, they're coming off uh, a very impressive or very entertaining, I should say, overtime win against Carolina, 4-3. to three. Thought they played well, and that was a very good hockey game on Saturday night between the Panthers uh, and the Hurricanes. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, fourth in the NHL in points, 46 points on the year for him. He's on a five-game point streak with three goals during that span. Uh, really impressive how he's played. Not not that we already not that we didn't know already what kind of player Jonathan Huberto was, but he's certainly been terrific. Anthony Duclair's been red hot. Five goals in the last six games for him. He scored the overtime winner uh, to beat Carolina uh, on Saturday night. Uh, so this to me looks like a game that sets up to be higher scoring. In my opinion, we've seen the total go up from six to six and a half uh, in this game. I'm awfully tempted by Vancouver at this price, even with the layoff here. I mean, you're talking about a team that's eight and one in their last nine games. Florida coming off a big time win against Carolina, a team they're battling with in their own division. Uh, and now they end up playing the um, uh, a team outside not only their own division, their own conference. You know, you wonder if the focus is going to be there just as much for Florida uh, in a game like this. I know the Canucks have struggled head to head against, or at least in Florida, they've struggled head to head. But Vancouver has actually won three of the last four overall. Uh, in these in the meetings between these two clubs, the Canucks and the Panthers, and the Panthers still, you know, very much uh, banged up as well, or banged up. I shouldn't say banged up; they're not, not all injury related, but COVID related. But nevertheless, you know, they've still got a few key guys out: Mason Marchment, Patrick Hornquist out, uh, Mar- Mar- Marcus Nudavar on the blue line out as well. For the Canucks, uh, it looks like they should have Elias Pettersson uh, on the ice for this game. There was worry that he may not play. It looks like he's going to be good to go. Uh, a lot of their uh, absences are going to be depth players like Alex Chason. Uh, Chason is not going to play uh, tonight, it looks like, due to the uh, COVID protocol. So they're not getting everybody back. But th- they're going to have the key guys out there. You know, Horvat's playing. Besser's playing. Quinn Hughes is playing. JT Miller's playing. Elias Pettersson's playing. Connor Garland's playing. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson, or as Don Cherry calls him, Oliver Lawson Tossin. Uh, he's going to be playing here as well. Uh, on the blue line in this one. So uh, I'm going to go for a small bet on Vancouver. I mean, I've, I've, I've bet them pretty much in every game since the coaching change. The, the layoff does bother me. And if Florida's playing great hockey, that bothers me too about going against the Panthers here. But we're betting prices. We're betting numbers. We're not betting teams. And we're getting plus 190, plus 200 here with a Vancouver team that's 8-1 and one, uh, since the coaching change. So Vancouver, small bet here for me, plus 190. And I like over 6.5 as well. Again, We've seen this just repeatedly. Teams off the layoff. It's sloppy play. It's defensive breakdowns. It's communication gaffes. It's gaffes with the puck, turnovers, all that kind of thing uh, happening for a lot of these teams. Look at the Dallas game. They played against this Florida team. Dallas was coming off the long layoff. It was pond hockey, essentially, in that game. So uh, I'm going to go over the total here with a small bet on Vancouver as well. Uh, Chicago and Columbus. We've got even money here, both sides in this game, around minus 110. Uh, The total six pretty much across the board. This total uh, bet up as well. It opened five and a half. It's now six uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Chicago Blackhawks played that game against the Vegas Golden Knights, to be honest, like a playoff game. Uh, the sacrifice, the, the blocking of shots, everything they did to preserve that two to one win over Vegas, wanting to win it for the uh, for Mark Andre Fleury uh, in that game, of course, has returned to Las Vegas for the first time uh, since uh, 
you know, obviously what happened in the offseason. Now, he had played uh, Vegas earlier this year, um, but uh, that was in Chicago. This was his first return to uh, Las Vegas, and we'll have to wait and see how uh, this one goes here uh, for the uh, Blackhawks here. I worry about this spot from them. We're talking still about a Blackhawks team that's pretty damn erratic, 12-23 and 23 this year, and they were they were up. They were up for that game against the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, in a big way. That game was of significance to them. It certainly was of significance uh, to um, Marc-Andre Fleury as well. So going to be interesting to see how Chicago plays now uh, this game. It does feel like a little bit of a letdown uh, for Chicago after that big win. We'll see uh, if they can take care of business. Fleury is back in net here tonight for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks in this game. Could even be a letdown for him. He was terrific. He faced 31 shots, made 30 saves uh, on those 31 shots uh, as well. Uh, So uh, when I look at this potential spot here for Chicago, is Fleury going to be able to bring it like that here? Say what you will about Columbus. They're a disaster defensively, uh, although they did beat New Jersey 4-3 the other night. That's the way they've got to win games right now. If they don't score, they're going to have a tough time because they're clearly having defensive issues. They're clearly having issues with their goaltending. It's still uh, no Tarasov and no um, uh, Elvis Merzlikens either uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets right now. Although Merzlikens, I believe, has been taken off the uh, injury list. He had the lower body injury, and he is cleared from the injury list. So he actually is available tonight for Brad Larson, the head coach of the Jackets, if he decides to put him in there at some point. But he's going to back up tonight, uh, and it'll be Jonas Corposalo uh, once again uh, starting in net here for the uh, Blue Jackets in this game. And again, it's been a very uneven season, very bad season overall for him. Uh, although he did make one hell of a save Saturday night against New Jersey on Nico Hishier. Terrific love st- uh, stop. Um, and actually played one of his better games. Now, can he keep that going here? That's a big-time question. Columbus, from an over standpoint, 7-1 and one, uh, to the over in their last eight games. Uh, the 2-1 uh, to one game that Chicago played with Vegas snapped a five-game consecutive uh, over streak for them uh, going into that uh, game uh, against Vegas on Saturday night. The overs cashed uh, in three of the four last four meetings between these two teams. So that's probably the way I'm going to go here is defensive you know, I don't I don't expect the Blackhawks to be locked in defensively like they were against Vegas in a game that clearly mattered to them emotionally, especially for Flurry. Let's keep in mind they gave up six to the lowly Arizona Coyotes before that. They gave up four to Colorado, five to Calgary, six to Nashville, four to Dallas. I mean, go on down the list. This has been a team that's been hemorrhaging goals prior to the win against Vegas. And I'll take that. I'll take the win with Chicago. I just figured it was a great price, great spot, that win against Vegas. But, boy, do we, uh, it was the very rare sign recently of this team playing pretty solid defensive hockey. I don't know if I trust that to continue here. I sure as hell know I don't trust Columbus necessarily to play good in their own end with what we've seen from them lately. Uh, the Blue Jackets have given up uh, in their last uh, – let me just see. Go back and look. In their last eight games, they have given up – let me count it up. In their last eight games – the Columbus Blue Jackets have allowed uh, 16, um, 30, 36 goals in their last eight games combined that they've allowed. That's pretty bad. That is, uh, that's more than a four goals per game average uh, being allowed uh, by this uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team. That's not more than a five. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been bad. Uh, 36 goals allowed uh, in their last uh, eight games. 
Uh, like I say, that's more than four goals per game. Not good at all. So uh, I do like this game over six here. Uh, you can get it minus 110, minus 115. Tampa Bay, Buffalo. We've got uh, the Lightning, uh, minus 300 uh, road favorites in this game. The total six uh, shaded to the under uh, in this one. Don't really have a a, a strong opinion on this one. Um, Tampa Bay should win, obviously, and they're priced like it, though, minus 300. But, you know, is the value there? That ends up being the question. I certainly don't want to go against Tampa off a loss, the likes of which that they had uh, on Saturday night, uh, losing to the Boston Bruins 5-2 to two, uh, in that game. So they'll be looking to bounce back. And, uh, you know, teams that don't take squads like the Buffalo Sabres lightly are usually going to beat teams like the Buffalo Sabres. So you definitely would expect uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning to have a better response here in this game tonight. Buffalo's lost five in a row, uh, 3-2 loss in overtime to Pittsburgh, 4-3 loss to New Jersey, 4-1 loss to the Islanders, 4-3 in overtime to Boston, 3-2 to San Jose. Say what you will, though, they are competitive. So this that's why this game is tricky because Tampa should win. I don't want to lay minus 300, but I'm not giddy about minus one and a half here uh, on the uh, puck line either with Tampa Bay minus 115, you know, for a lightning team that for a Buffalo team that's managed to be right in every game and ultra competitive during even during this five game losing streak uh, for the five losses coming by exactly one goal margins. So Buffalo has been competitive uh, here uh, in the last uh, few games. Uh, we've got uh, Vasilevsky in net for the lightning. Uh, Uka Pekalukanen, of course, back in net for the Sabres, who has not been nearly as good the last few starts. You know, he had that great run in the month of December, five straight starts where he gave up just two goals, Anaheim Rangers, Washington, Winnipeg, Minnesota, um, you know, pretty impressive numbers. And remember, they upset Winnipeg, they upset Minnesota in two of those starts from Lukanen. But since the Christmas break, it's been a different Lukanen. Uh, maybe now there's more film out there on him. Uh, opposing teams and their video teams and their scouting staff. They're basically looking for tendencies, looking for uh, things that they can exploit in a goaltender's uh, technique. And you see that often the goalie gets that those first several starts. He's got good numbers. He's playing well, but then again, the more time he gets in net, the more games he has under his belt. Well, the more the opposition kind of knows what to expect in terms of the style of play from that particular goaltender and I think you're kind of seeing that right now uh, with uh, opposing teams, maybe having a better idea of how to beat Lukanen and exploit some of his weaknesses. He has given up 11 goals combined uh, in his last three starts against the Devils, the Bruins, and the Sharks. That is concerning that he is looking like he's trending downward just a little bit with his level of play. Still a bunch of absences for the Sabres as well. Ryan McDonough is the main one for the uh, Lightning day-to-day uh, -day. For him, Ross Colton as well, who's a pretty solid depth forward, bottom six forward, who's been pretty good. Although McDonough still might play, they're saying a game-time decision uh, for him. Uh, and uh, Ross Colton has exited COVID protocol, but still game-time decision whether he plays tonight uh, for Tampa Bay. As far as the Sabres are concerned, Kyle Pozo, Tage Thompson, uh, Alex Tuck, uh, Drake Kajula, Peyton Krebs, Casey Middlestat. Uh, Robert Hag, the defenseman, uh, still pretty much the same guys they've been missing here now for uh, a few games in a row. Uh, as uh, you know, they've missed basically all of these guys against Boston and San Jose uh, as well. So they just don't seem to be, there's not much change there. And of course, we see what the win loss record has been for Buffalo these last few games without a, a lot of these guys in the lineup that I just mentioned. They have not been able to win. So it's a really tricky game all around. I'm passing personally, side and total. 
Tampa probably wins, but don't love the value. And I, I don't love the idea of a puck and a half laying it with Tampa Bay when we have seen evidence here uh, of uh, the Buffalo Sabres competitive and battling night in and night out. They're not winning, but they're battling. And, uh, you know, if that happens again, maybe they hang around for a bit uh, in this game. Like I said, four of their last five losses have been uh, by one goal uh, as of late. Uh, Dylan Cousins is the guy maybe to keep an eye on for the Sabres. He was starting to perk up a little bit, play better uh, for the Sabres. He's certainly going to be counted upon for them uh, in terms of more offensive contributions with uh, a lot of the personnel that they're missing right now. It's really a damn shame for this franchise. Makes you wonder if if it's possible for anything good to happen to Buffalo when they just get the hometown boy, Alex Tuck, finally available to play for them. And now he's out again for the uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres. So disappointing to say the least that, uh, you know, Alex Tuck, they're excited to see him finally start to play here for this team. And and all of a sudden uh, not uh, available to them because of uh, absence. So we'll see if that continues here. Uh, By the way, I should point out as well, three Oh and one to the over the last four, I think that would be the way I'd go if anything would be maybe looking over. But the reason I'm not betting that tonight is because Tampa Bay off five goals allowed to Boston. Oftentimes we've seen Tampa Bay, you know, really after in that kind of situation, really try to tighten it up a little bit. You might see that here uh, from the Lightning uh, in in this game after a situation where they gave up uh, the five goals and the loss to the uh, Boston Bruins uh, on Saturday night. All right, next game on the slate, we've got the uh, Colorado Avalanche taking on the Nashville Predators. Uh, Colorado here, minus 140 uh, road favorites here in this game. Uh, the total uh, currently uh, in this game round uh, looks like uh, six and a half uh, shaded uh, slightly to the under uh, across the board in this one. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, um, we talked about it on Monday's show in their game against the Seattle Kraken, both Andrew McGinnis and I. We really liked the over in that game, and I certainly did. It was my best bet. It was clearly my favorite play of that small three-game card last night, um, and it got there. 4-3 with Colorado winning that game in regulation, of course. Um, and we, I kind of thought Seattle, you know, maybe a little bit of a sleepy Colorado team. And boy, until the third period arrived, it really did look like uh, a sleepy uh, Colorado team. They really didn't get their game cranked up until the third period of that game, especially when they fell behind three to one uh, at one point to Seattle. So look, there was someone in our chat. I think his name was Ralph. He said, I like the spot for Seattle. I'm going to take a shot with them at that, you know, big plus price that they were getting uh, last night, almost plus 300. Uh, there he is. He's right there in the chat right now. Yeah. Um, that's a good bet, Ralph. It's an absolutely good bet. It didn't. It wasn't the result you wanted. It, it obviously fell short, but your thinking was good. You got your money's. I shouldn't say you got your money's worth. You get your money's worth if the bet wins. But you get my point. You know, you had it. You, you, you took a good price, a great value number, a little bit of a dubious spot for Colorado. And look, for two periods, they were sleepy. They were dopey, as uh, Don Cherry would say. They were. That was not Colorado's A game uh, early in that contest against Seattle, but. As is so often the case with the Colorado Avalanche, they have the offense and the quick strike firepower to erase any deficit. They did that once again uh, against the Kraken last night in that 4-3 victory. Uh, I was very impressed. Nicholas, And that's the thing that's scary about Colorado. It's your Nicholas Obey-Kubels of the world, who of course had two goals, the first two goals for Colorado last night, who did the damage offensively. That's why this team is impossible to deal with. You know, offensively, when they're in this kind of zone right now, like it wasn't even the big guns last night necessarily. 
for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I mean, look at this. Look at the goals we saw. We didn't see anything from Ranton and McKinnon last night. That top line was uh, didn't uh, contribute really to any of the goals. Uh, the four goals that were scored by the Avalanche. It was Nicholas Obey Kubel scoring two goals. It was Devon Taves. We talked about him yesterday. How all of a sudden, it's like he gets away from the New York Islanders and that defense first system under Barry Trotz. And he figures out that, Hey, maybe I've got a little bit of offensive upside to my game after all, because we really labeled that guy as a defensive stalwart and a shutdown defenseman and not really giving you a whole lot at the offensive end of the ice from the blue line. That's how we characterized Devon Taves when he was with the New York Islanders. Now here he is with the Colorado avalanche. He already shattered his, uh, record for points in a season last year with Colorado and he's going to shatter that big time this year now, this guy's got 20 plus points already uh, on the season uh, for the Colorado Avalanche so obviously he does have some uh, skating ability some imagination some creativity some offensive upside you know great awareness when to jump into the rush when to stay back when to make that pass when to shoot all those little you know nuances of making you a hockey player that reacts quickly he's he's had that lately uh, from the blue line to Taves and of course he scores again uh, last night and Nazem Kadri gets the fourth goal so you know that's the scary part right now with the Colorado Avalanche is that it really is any forward any line on any night that can find the back of the net for you and that was proof last night so now it's a little bit of an d- interesting spot here for Colorado uh, they've won five in a row we know how good they've been uh, but now they're going on the road. It's the second night of back-to-back games. It's a significant scheduling advantage for Nashville. They are rested. They've had two days off. They haven't played since Saturday, uh, a 4-2 to two win uh, against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. They've won four in a row uh, going into this game. Uh, tricky spot here for Colorado. Let me see what they've done here on the second of back-to-back games. They're 2-0. and Colorado second of back-to-back games this year so they have been able to find ways to win games here in these spots Um, now with this line coming down it's like it was minus 160 Colorado it's down to minus 130 to minus 140 a lot of the betting markets are seeing that hey Nashville's the rested team they're playing pretty good themselves of course Gabriel Landeskog is still uh, out on COVID protocol probably won't be back tonight either but Nashville Predators you know Philip Forsberg for them uh, is on the uh, COVID protocol right now, and he's out for this game. So, And that's unfortunate because Forsberg's really been, not that he was struggling before, but particularly of late, he was playing really well for them. He had four goals in his last three games prior to missing the Arizona game, which is the first game he missed due to COVID protocol. Uh, six points in the last three games for Forsberg. So definitely will be missed for the uh, Nashville Predators. I like Colorado here, minus 130. Normally, I don't do this. I normally don't take the team on the back-to-back against a rested team, especially at home like this. But Colorado lost to Nashville the last time they played them, 5-2. to two. Uh, I think it's a situation Colorado wants to avenge that. A lot of these really good teams, too, in the NHL, when they lose to an opponent the previous time they played them, they don't forget it, and they actually play really well against them. I know Toronto, for an example, has very been very good at this the last year when – you know, when they lose to a team and they play them again, say a couple of weeks down the road or a month down the road, they usually play much better and they often win. I think Colorado kind of brings that mindset tonight. Now they're like, in spite of the fact they're on the back to back, no goalie confirmed yet uh, for Colorado uh, in this game. It was Pavel Francois last night uh, for 
uh, Colorado in that game. Uh, Kemper probably will go tonight because he was pulled against Toronto. He'll be back tonight, and I think he'll play a lot better. You know a goalie doesn't like getting pulled, and I don't think Bednar pulled Kemper against the Leafs because he was terrible. I think it was a wake-up call. Remember, the Leafs jumped on the avalanche in that first period, uh, and then that's what really got the team going later on. So I like Colorado here at the uh, deflated price now. I understand the people flocking to bet the the superior spot for Nashville, which I get it from a scheduling standpoint. It is a superior spot for Nashville, but uh, Colorado at this price, losing to Nashville the last time they played them. Uh, I think they're still better than Nashville, to be honest, even though Nashville's played well. And I think they'll miss Forsberg in a game like in a game where I think they'll have to score goals if they're going to have to win. So uh, Colorado minus 130 for me, which you can find at some spots, lean over the total as well. Six and a half, though, with Nashville, maybe pull back a little bit, but I'm still betting it because Colorado's been a team I've been riding over for several games now, and I'm not going to stop until I lose one. Uh, Jimmy Murphy is with us now uh, on the uh, Tuesday show. Good to have him back for the first time this week. Uh, Jimmy, how are Well, first of all, before we get into any games, how are you? Anything you want to get off your chest right now? <laughs> well, no. First off, I apologize for the delay in getting on today, guys. It's been a crazy day. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure if our viewers here or listeners, whatever, uh, No, I'm actually – Covering two sites right now, covering two sides of uh, the, the greatest rivalry in hockey. Uh, I'm covering for Montreal hockey now and Boston hockey now as we try to find new writers for the Montreal site. So it's been quite a hectic uh, few days. And then uh, just in the last hour, um, Tuka Rask has signed a one year, $1 million contract with Boston Bruins that will pay him $545,000 prorated this season so that is official now Tuka Rask is back in the NHL and back with the Boston Bruins all right it's official so Jeremy Swayman Linus Allmark you're on notice uh, right yeah now. I think Swayman will be the guy <laughs> yeah I mean given the fact that Swayman doesn't have to clear through waivers uh if they're gonna have an odd man out that's not definite yet but it, it's likely um if they are that Jeremy Swayman will be sent to Providence by the end of this week so he can get in some games there over yep. the weekend uh, I would expect, guys, I don't know, like my my gut is telling me, uh, they, you know, do they throw Rask in right away and kind of get uh, acclimated against a borderline AHL team against the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow in Boston? Uh, they then have another game the following night against the Flyers in Boston. Then they play Saturday, Saturday afternoon in Nashville. I would wait a little. I would give Swayman one more start, then send him down Thursday. Allmark starts Thursday night, and then – you bring in Rask on Saturday as he gets back in the groove, uh, just being around the team. And, and you know, I, I just think right now they owe it to that kid to, to give him one more start. He, he has played pretty well. He was sensational when he came up last year. Um, and it's got to be tough for him. He's taking it like a man, but it's got to be tough for him if he's going to go down to Providence after spending the first half of the season in Boston. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Uh, but guess what? I'm sure he's going to understand at the end of the day, I need to play. Yeah, I need games under my belt. I need to be starting. I need to feel the puck, you know, and I can't do that if I'm just going to be sitting and backing up consistently. So uh, it's probably smart here. Swayman's going to get a little more time. I'm sure he's disappointed, but uh, nevertheless, it is what it is. I mean, Tuka Rask's been, you know, the obvious, and the Bruins still think, obviously, that he's feeling good mentally. You know, yep. he's obviously had a lot of things to deal with off the ice. They must think, you know, he's in a good mental frame of mind right now. And they must also think that he's still got a lot of good hockey left. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, Tuka, there it is, breaking news. Tuka Rask 
uh, back with the uh, Boston Bruins. Before we get to today's games, let's talk Boston since you're with us now, Jimmy. Two good performances in a row. I mean, let, let's give them credit. We've been dogging them and we've been railing on them all season, you and I. They can't beat anybody good. Uh, they can't beat the good teams. They can't step up in class. Well, they just beat Tampa Bay. Uh, on Saturday night, 5-2, and after a dreadful start. I mean, I couldn't believe how bad the start was for Boston uh, against Washington last night. 2 nothing. I mean, basically a couple of gifts given to the Washington capital, Connor Sheary uh, in particular in that first period. And then after that, Washington got into some penalty trouble. Boston rallied, tied the game, and they took over from that point on and put the boots to the Washington Capitals. So all of a sudden, a little bit of an upward trajectory right now for Boston, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's it's pretty much been that way since they returned from the, you know, the COVID slash holiday break. Uh, you know, they switched up their lines and it seems like it's given them a spark, kind of spread the wealth throughout the four lines there. And obviously the big change was Pasternak getting pulled off the perfection line uh, away from Martian and Bergeron. And he's now on a line with Eric Holler at center and Taylor Hall on the left wing. And, that, and that's, you know, arguably been their best line since that switch was made. Taylor Hall's found his game again. Parsonak's found his game again. Hall has chipped in with a couple goals. Uh, and, and hey, the Craig Smith, who moved up to the uh, first line there and take Parsonak's spot, he scored last night. He's looked good there. Um, so kudos to Bruce Cassidy for having the guts to do that. A lot of people saying, well, he should have done it earlier. Well, I'm sorry. You know, you don't, you don't just break up a line like that, you know, and, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but David Krejci uh, was in an interview in a Czech outlet and, and kind of criticized Bruce Cassidy for never doing this when he was here and putting Pasternak on a regular basis with him. Well, you know what? I mean, I just think because Krejci's a right shot there, they tried it a couple times and it just didn't work. And it just they, they didn't have the chemistry that Krejci thinks they could have had. So uh, I don't blame Cassidy for that. But, yeah, it's been great. They've been they've been clicking there. Um, and the goaltending's picked up. Almark and Swayman have been good. They've won five of six. They've, I, I believe, they've outscored their opponents in six games, twenty-eight to fifteen. Uh, and in five of those six games, they have scored five or more goals. Uh, so all of a sudden, this Bruins team is an offensive juggernaut and a team that you want to look at the over on. They're playing. I don't know if that's going to change uh, with Tukaras coming back between the pipes. Does that affect the the goals going the other way? I'm not sure, but. Uh, last night was something there. And, you know, on the other end there, too, Ian, we have to start talking about the the Capitals. That's what, four losses in a row. And, and they've been very sloppy losses, you know, where they've they've had some leads and blown it. And uh, like you said, taking some bad penalties, a lot of missed coverage in the neutral zone. So uh, that's a team to maybe bet against right now. They're not in a good place. But the Bruins are a team, I think, to definitely bet on. And they've got a, a slew of games coming up uh, in their home rink uh wednesday thursday and saturday yeah no no question about that they've certainly had their injuries and absences on the blue line that's hurt washington uh in terms of defensive play lately dimitri orlov they missed him i mean orlov didn't play last night uh and at least in the defensive zone looked a little bit lost uh, without him uh you know carlson you know obviously with john carlson we think the world of him he's a great defenseman but he's playing on they've got martin uh fehervari you know, on the top defensive pair for them. I don't think he's a top pair defenseman right now at this stage of his career. So uh, there's some concerns there. I don't think Nick Jensen's necessarily played as well this year for the Capitals either. So there's some there's some issues at the back end right now. And you're right, their, their defensive play has been a little bit alarming. I mean, seeing what St. Louis did against them, seeing what Boston did against them. Sam Sonov hasn't been right, although apparently he's dealing with some stuff off the ice, which is why they ended up going to the young kid Fukali 
who's not so young anymore. He's been around a while, but yeah. I mean, young in terms of NHL uh, experience. But uh, yeah, there's issues right now for Washington. Not he was sent back hockey. down today, yeah. by the way. So I don't know what that means for Sam Samsonoff, but yeah, I mean, look, that's a that's a team that I I, I think it, you know when all is said and done, they'll be back in it and they'll get it together, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, just look at the Bruins right now. And I, you know, I, I think last week, uh, we were talking about doing some parsing that goal props once he snapped that nine game skid he was on, uh, and hope he's been lights out. Yeah. yeah. He's been on fire <laughs> since. So I hope everybody's yeah. been making money off that. And I, you know, I, I don't know anybody out there that can raise their hand and say, they thought Matt Grizzlick was going to have five points last night, a goal and four assists, especially after that horrible, horrible backhand Blind he basically pass. was an assist for Shiri on that. Yeah, deal. to yeah. Shiri, just a gift. But you know, credit to him, man. I mean, what what a display of mental toughness to be able to compartmentalize that and put it behind him right away. And the next shift, he gets out there and he gets assist on a goal. So uh, a great game by him. And uh, what can you say about Brad Marchand as well? Busted nose and all, blood pouring out, and he comes out and he gets two goals and assists. Of course, that's Brad Marchand, a legend, warrior is yeah. what he is. Trisha with the great comment. The more messed up Brad Marchand's nose gets, the more powerful he becomes. Yes, that's a good point. That <laughs> certainly looks like that's the case uh, with Brad Marchand. I mean, you, you saw him on the bench. The blood was just gushing out all over the jersey. Ah, no problem. Stitch me up. Tape me up. Get me back out there, and I'll score a couple more goals here. Brad Marchand, ladies and gentlemen, that's why he's valuable. Uh, to the Boston Bruins, no doubt. All right, Jimmy, um, Vancouver, Florida. Uh, we've gone through this one. Minus 220, Florida, six and a half the total. Jimmy, what do you like here? Well, first off, I'm liking a lot of goals in this. I don't like always going over on a six and a half, guys, but I I, I do like, I'm going to go with a, you know, I'm looking at a, even though it's not the best value, I'm looking at a minus 155 for that first period over. I'm still going to take that. I think this is going to be a back and forth game. I was listening to you as I was uh, updating my RAS story there, Ian. I, you know, I'm going to, so my my official plays are going to be the over and the first period over here. But I, I am very tempted in leaning. If I do do a side here, I'm very tempted to taking the Canucks. I, I, I think that, you know, the way the Panthers have been going right now, I, I just think that the Canucks can come in there, maybe catch them sleeping a bit. And this is a this is a dangerous Canucks team. Once they get that offense going, they can roll some lines as well. Uh, Hughes has found his game again. So uh, if I was going to go on the side of Lena Canucks, but give me that first period over and over for now. All right, first period over and full game over here for uh, Jimmy with this one between uh, the Canucks uh, and the Panthers. Uh, all right, uh, second game, Chicago-Columbus. We've got uh, even money and six the total, Jimmy. I've uh, I've already talked about these, so it's all yours. Chicago-Columbus, what do you Same like Same thing. I'm doing the double over there, the first period over and the over. I mean, Columbus is just a one giant sieve out there right now, not just their goalie, just the whole team. Uh, cannot play team defense. Uh, they're, they're the team, when you look at them, you got to just ride the over with them right now. So give me the first period over and the total over there. And I'm going to go with uh, the Blackhawks as well on the side. Money. All right, Chicago even money and also like in the first period full game uh, over uh, in that one with uh, the Blackhawks and the uh, Blue Jackets. Lightning Sabres, Tampa Bay minus 300, total six uh, shaded to the under. Uh, what do you think here? I'm going to stay away from this game right now. I, I don't trust the way Tampa Bay is playing. Uh, you would look at it and say, well, this isn't a good spot for Buffalo because they're getting Tampa coming off that loss to the Bruins where they were pretty much embarrassed on their home ice. But I still, I don't like the way they're playing right now. And, you know, I, I would be tempted to do a Jimmy Puck line on them, but you're not getting much value there, you know? So 
I'm staying away from this. This is a pass. All right. And you joined us just as I was talking, Colorado, Nashville, Colorado, minus 130, road favorite, six and a half the total here. Uh, Colorado, Nashville, Jimmy. Well, congrats to Colorado Avalanche head coach Jared Bednar. I just saw he was named the the coach uh, for he's going to be a head coach for the All Star team. Um, and as far as this game goes right now, guys, I think it's going to be a pretty good battle. I mean, we know Nashville; they've been they've been one of the biggest surprises in the NHL right now. I'm going to go on an under in this. I, I got a gut feeling we're going to. I know we don't know the goaltending uh, situation for Colorado right now, but we do know what it is. Uh, in Nashville, and we know how good they've been playing. Uh, I'm going to take an under six and a half here and give me Nashville on the money line. Yeah, the, that is the concern with not only me, like in Colorado and the over, the opposite. So we're head to head here with side and total. It's that Soros, you know, terrific four straight starts for uh, the Predators, two goals or less in four consecutive starts for him. Uh, so we'll see if he can keep up this good run. Uh, of play in net tonight against the uh, Avalanche. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a big game for Nashville already beat Colorado a couple weeks ago, but still this is now a Colorado team. That's at much greater full strength than they were back then. So this is really going to be a true measure for Nashville here who look, have, have been way more impressive than I thought they would be this year, 23 and 13, 10 and five uh, on home ice this year. We'll see if they're ready here in this game uh, tonight against uh, Colorado, uh, a much more healthy Colorado team than the last time they played them. Uh, Pittsburgh, Anaheim next up. We got Pittsburgh all the way up to minus 170 now uh, as road chalk, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Certainly when you look at it for Pittsburgh, uh, a team that's been playing great hockey, but that finally had that uh, win streak snapped uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. Very disappointing loss. They, got, they, they basically, before you could get comfortable and sit down and watch that game, Saturday afternoon, Pittsburgh was up 2 nothing, And wow, you're like, wow, what a start. Here they go again. The Penguins about to roll their way to another victory here. Did not happen. Uh, held off the scoreboard the rest of the game by Jake Ottinger, who was pretty solid in net for the Stars. And Dallas rallies from a third-period deficit to get the win 3-2 and hand Pittsburgh their first loss in 11 games, breaking that 10-game win streak. So part of me wants to take Pittsburgh here and, and the bounce-back uh, theory um, but oftentimes when you see a long win streak get absolutely snapped like that, sometimes that it, it leads to another loss and a bubble burst theory. And it's not an automatic that you bring uh, back uh, or get back on track that very next game. So that would be the one concern here I would have with uh, Pittsburgh in this one, plus the price. I mean, it's gone skyrocketing up uh, to minus 170 to the point now where if you like uh, the Penguins still, at this price, you probably got to look regulation line for a little bit more value, get them around minus 125 uh, in this game. Uh, it was one of the few times where, you know, offense finally dried up a little bit uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins and blowing a lead in the third period. I mean, they were 18-0-1 this year with a lead going into the third period prior to the loss against Dallas. So, you know, that kind of thing does not happen uh, very often to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, we'll have to wait and see for the Ducks, who's in net, because they've had, obviously, a John Gibson uh, out for a period of time. It's been uh, Anthony Stolarz. Of course, it's not only COVID protocol. He actually tested uh, positive uh, John Gibson uh, for COVID-19. So it's probably going to be Stolarz once again uh, in net tonight for the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who's really been an unsung hero for them. 2.22 goals against, 931 save percentage. He's had some pretty solid 
uh, performances uh, this year. We'll see if he can keep that going here tonight against Pittsburgh. So this is a game where I lean Pittsburgh in regulation, you know, off the loss to Dallas, bounce back two days off as well. So that's good. Even though they're on the road, they've had a couple of days off. They should be well-rested uh, going into this game. Uh, and you look at in terms of uh, head-to-head uh, with these two. The one thing that also bothers me a bit is Anaheim's actually taken two of the last three meetings here in Anaheim. So uh, that's something to keep in mind in this one. Uh, maybe, and there's some people in our chat, like in Chris Otto, among others, like in Pittsburgh first period puck line, uh, minus a half. That makes some sense to me because you expect the first 20 minutes you know, that sense of urgency to be there after uh, a rough third period to snap the losing streak the other night. So uh, Chris Otto, like in the first period, minus a half, plus 160, uh, first period puck line on Pittsburgh. That does make some sense. That's probably the best value. As Pittsburgh minus 125 in regulation is not great. So I would lean Pittsburgh in regulation, but also that first period puck line, minus a half, plus 160 uh, in this one. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Penguins and Ducks. Well, first off, we, we don't know yet, right, if uh, Malkin's coming back. Game time decision, I believe, still. Yes, exactly. There's a chance, but we're, it could be the next game as well. They're wait, waiting okay. and see. Game time decision tonight for Malkin's return, yep. Well, if he if he's in, I'm going to jump on a, on a goal prop for him. Um, but as for this game, guys, yeah, this is a tough one. I, I You know, I'm going to pass on this game. I It's not that I don't like this game or I think it's not going to be a, a bad game to watch. I just – I can't figure it out because I'm with you, Ian. Sometimes we see these teams when they have a win streak snap, then they go the other way for a few games. And I could see that happening right now with Pittsburgh. But on the flip side, Anaheim is kind of a team right now that they were going real strong for a while. And, you know, since they come back from the break, they've kind of just been up and down, up and down. I can't really figure them out. You mentioned the Gibson issue they're having there. So I'm going to pass in this game. All right. Passing on this one here with the, uh, Penguins and the uh, Ducks won nothing earlier this season when these teams played in Pittsburgh. Head yeah, I kind of like the under. If the I was going to yeah. do something, I might go under. That's exactly what I was uh, thinking as well. Uh, if I were to play the total, I'd be looking under five and a half, especially with Pittsburgh losing the lead in the third period. They're not yeah. going to like that. They might want to tighten it up even more. Uh, and Anaheim's probably going to want to you know, keep things a little bit lower scoring as well. They've gone under the total now in four of their last uh, seven games uh, and, or four of their last six games. Uh, entering this one. Yeah, 4-1-1 one, and one to the under for Anaheim uh, in their last six games. So uh, I would lean under that total as well of 5.5. Uh, unfortunately, that but that's the reason it's 5.5. It's one of the unders I like tonight, but it's also why the total's 5.5 in this one instead of 6 or 6.5. Six uh, Toronto and Vegas, arguably game of the night here, Leafs and Golden Knights. Toronto minus 120 to minus 130. Uh, road favorites here, 6 the total uh, in this game. Uh, should be an interesting one here, uh, Leafs and Golden Knights. Remember, uh, earlier this season, Toronto blanking Vegas, but in early November, 4 nothing in Toronto. But it was one of those games where Vegas was beyond beleaguered uh, going into that game in terms, terms of who they were without. Uh, you look at that lineup, there was no Pacioretty, there was no Stone, there was no Marcheseau. Uh, there was the, like the William Carlson was out. I mean, it was a very, very depleted Vegas team in that 4 nothing win for the Leafs earlier this season against the Golden Knights. Things have changed uh, quite a bit now. Vegas, a lot more of their guys back, although they still have Pacioretty out just recently, got re-injured again. Uh, Carrier, uh, questionable, and Martinez remains out, but still it's a healthier, better version of the Vegas Golden Knights than the one Toronto faced uh, earlier this season. No question about that. you got Vegas off a loss 2-1 to one, 
uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks on Saturday night. Might be one of the better uh, decisions I made was taking Chicago in that game, Jimmy, Saturday night against Vegas at that plus, what, 210 they were uh, in that game with Flurry all beyond fired up to stick it and get his stick it to the Golden Knights in his return to Las Vegas, get his pound of flesh, uh, as I said on Twitter, uh, and he did that. Uh, going into uh, that game and performed extremely well. Vegas will be looking to bounce back from that. Toronto with a great start against Colorado, but he can tell it's a team that didn't play in Denver for two years because that thin air and altitude kicked in in the third period, and that's really when Colorado took over that game against Toronto, and they ended up winning it in overtime 5-4. The Leafs, after being an under team early in the season, they've trended in the other direction. And, man, they've been scoring goals in bunches. You look at this Leafs team, they've now gone 10 consecutive games where they have scored at least three goals. Uh, So this team has been good to score. Vegas uh, off the loss, uh, looking to bounce back here. uh, And you probably have them probably finding the back of the net a little bit. It is Jack Campbell once again. Of course, Toronto plays in Arizona tomorrow night, which I believe is the TNT game. Uh, so that's probably the night you'll see Peter Morozik in net to give Campbell a rest. And Morozik needs a start because he hasn't played in forever. Uh, but it'll be Campbell tonight, probably Robin Leonard, who just returned recently uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in net for them. Uh, for the Leafs, uh, Mitch Marner is still out. Pierre Engvall is still out. Of course, both of those guys on COVID protocol and neither one back tonight in this game. I'm actually surprised now that uh, Vegas uh, is a... Um, slight home underdog in this game um a little peculiar that move in my opinion especially with vegas coming off a loss i'm not betting the side but i'd lean vegas and i am officially uh am i am on the over here at six with these two teams in this spot i think looking to come back uh and bounce back and i think you'll see both teams offensively find the back of the net both teams have been in good form uh, offensively uh, of late as well so we'll see if that continues and like i said both trending to the over toronto seven two and one to the over in their last 10 games. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, as well. Uh, looks like they are 5-3-2 uh, 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 to the over in their last 10 games. So uh, I'm going to go over six here in this one. Lean only in this from a side standpoint to uh, Vegas. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Should be a good one. Toronto-Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, I'm surprised too that Toronto is a favorite on the road here in Vegas. But at the same time, I do like the Leafs. So I'm going Leafs on the money line here. And that's that's my only play. I might look into a little props later on. I'm tempted to do a little Austin Matthews goal prop. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, give me the Leafs here. I think they bounce back. I got a feeling Vegas is, is going to go into, I won't say a slide. That's maybe a little too strong a word there. But they're going to go into some mediocre play coming up I, I just don't like the way they've been playing defensively as a team and it's something to watch there I think they're gonna be a little up and down for the next few games all right Jimmy like in Toronto here in this one uh against the uh Peter Morozik confirmed on Rotowire Hugo is saying yeah but uh I'm looking at Campbell confirmed on starting goalies oh you know what it was Campbell confirmed and on Rotowire and now I'm seeing Morozik confirmed huh Morozik will guard the net, says David Alter of the Hockey News. So there okay. you go. Uh, so it is. Wow. I'm surprised because uh, Keith had it made, made it seem like it was going to be Morozik for Arizona, Campbell tonight for against Vegas. But I guess you're going to go reverse here uh, tonight. And, and is Leonard confirmed yet or no? no not confirmed yet, but projected uh, to be the guy for mm-hmm. uh, Vegas, which I'd expect. I'm going to uh, jump on the over as well with you. There you go. I'm going to jump on the over as well. 
Well, the thing is with Murat, Murat's capable. We know that. And, yeah. uh, but he has not played since de- he has not started in a game, Peter Morozik, since December 11th. And wow. that was a 5 4 win over Chicago. He gave up four goals on uh, 35 uh, shots. Exactly a month ago today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a long mm-hmm. time for a goalie to be going without playing. Uh, and that's the thing you concern yourself with. So we believe, and we're, we're going to make this our final answer to everybody watching and listening, that Peter Morozik. Uh, is going to be the goalie in net tonight for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So that actually strengthens the over, in my opinion. So I'm I'm cool with that. Again, Morozik's good. Morozik could go out there and be great. You know, two goals allowed, stand on his – he's capable of that. We know he's talented. But, man, struggled in his last start, and it came a month ago. You know, it's a month this he, that he's gone without starting in a game or being on the ice in game action. That's a lot, and you worry about that in terms of whether he'll be on top of his game and sharp here tonight. Plus, remember, they've been sitting around with the COVID issue uh, over a Christmas pause. You can't even go on the ice. So, I mean, it's just uh, all kinds of difficult here to ex- uh, in terms of what to expect from Morozik tonight when he hasn't played in such a long time. Uh, Detroit and San Jose. Oh, by the way, in terms of props here in this one, this could be a good one to look at props. Marcia so has been red hot for the uh, Golden Knights. Mark Stone, certainly now that he's back, could look at props in those two directions as far as Vegas uh, is concerned. As far as the Leafs are concerned, look at Alex Kerfoot because they're giving him top-line minutes lately, although I think tonight they might move him back to the second line with Tavares and Nylander, with Andre Kasha apparently expected to return. Um but Alex Kerfoot's playing terrific hockey. He could easily find the back of the net, certainly to score a point as well. He's been good at both ends of the ice for the Leafs lately. Uh, that could be someone you look at to score and maybe points tonight, Alex Kerfoot for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. All right, final game of this Tuesday card. We got Detroit, San Jose, San Jose Sharks minus 145, home favorites, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, San Jose, of course, this is an interesting game to handicap and wrap your head around at least for me it was uh jimmy because you've got san jose uh returning home off a four-game road trip they have historically been horrendous in these situations Mm -hmm. horrendous in these first home games following a road trip they have been bad just flat out terrible in these spots over the years the san jose sharks and they've often been bet against spots for me so right away i will say this it's detroit or nothing for me but the Red Wings just are, I think, completely unable to win on the road right now. You know, they've already lost the first two games of this uh, West Coast road trip to L.A. and Anaheim. They're 4-13 and this season on the road, the Detroit Red Wings. So, to me, it's just difficult to trust them at, right now uh, as well. Not to mention the injury situation that they're dealing with. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, unspecified injury, may not play tonight. Dylan Larkin, the captain, upper body injury, uh, may not play tonight. Uh, you've got um, uh, several key uh, contributors maybe missing tonight for the Red Wings. Not that San Jose is at full strength either. Um, they're, they're still probably going to be without Middleton and LeBanc and Nick Benino on uh, the COVID list and uh, Balsers as well. But they did get Eric Carlson back uh, on the blue line recently and Logan Couture back, which is certainly significant. Uh, for the Sharks going into this game. Aiden Hill's been confirmed as the starter. James Reimer's just completely, the coach has lost confidence in him. James Reimer's been terrible, to be honest, since the Christmas break. So uh, it looks like Bob Bugner's riding Aiden Hill uh, for the time being for San Jose. So when it's all said and done, you've got some key you know, offensive contributors maybe missing for Detroit. That's going to take me off Detroit, but there's no way I'm laying minus 145 with San Jose in a spot like this where they've been 
historically pretty bad in the first home game off a road trip. So easy, easy pass for me uh, for this one, Red Wings and Sharks. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Detroit-San Jose? Same thing, man. It's a pass for me. Uh, just too too many factors going each way there to try and figure this one out. And look, I would lean like you. I would lean San uh, lean against San Jose. I should say, just based on the way they played uh, when they returned. But I'm just going to pass in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, one of those games where, to me, it's, it makes sense to just leave it alone here uh, when it's all said and done here with the uh, Red Wings uh, and the uh, Sharks. Great stuff here uh, with uh, Jimmy Murphy on this uh, Tuesday card. Uh, we're excited, Jimmy. I know I said it earlier in the show, uh, and I know you feel the same way to have Alex back uh, on Thursday. Uh, we're yeah. definitely looking forward to that. We've missed him, uh, and we're looking forward to having Alex B. Smith back on the ice, guys. You know what I'm also looking forward to? Great, The king of seg- segways has just struck again. You know what I'm also looking forward to? The NFL playoffs and wild card weekend starting this weekend. And DraftKings Sportsbook is going to have you ready uh, for the NFL playoffs. The NFL playoffs are here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game. So that's it. You'll get you know plus 5,600. You just that that's the price you get on any wild card team to win their game. You <laughs> you bet just five dollars on that bet on that team at that price, 56 to 1 odds, and you win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. So it is a great offer. Uh take advantage of it if you're a new customer. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still play uh, for uh, huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Get 56 to 1 odds plus 5,600 on any NFL team this wildcard weekend. Bet just $5 on them and win 280 dollars in free bets if your team wins that's promo code thpn this nfl wildcard weekend at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl uh, must be 21 years of age or older must reside in a DraftKings sportsbook state new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER download the DraftKings app Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. Great offer there. Take advantage of it. I'll Looking tell you, Ian, wild card playoffs. I, I think I'm probably getting that, those great odds. Anyhow, I, I'm calling it right now. Pittsburgh Steelers upset the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. That. There is a long-term. You're on record is saying it right now. There is a long-term wild card weekend um, betting angle where teams with bad point differentials – Teams that had, you know, definitely, you know, maybe their share of statistical problems during the year. They just weren't good statistically. And, and their point differential was bad and, and all kinds of these things. And yet, because of the disrespect angle, you know, nobody's given them a chance. Nobody's given them a shot to win their playoff game. They've actually been good bets in the wild card round. Something along the lines of the Steelers fall into this, I think, over 20 years, this perfect, you know, 5 and 0 ATS angle, you mm-hmm. know. And so, that's the scary part here, and they already got trashed by Kansas City 
you know, a few weeks ago. Now, Kansas City should win. I mean, don't get yeah, me they wrong. Should, They're a much better team. Something... They should actually crush this team. Who uh, Their only passing, their only weapon through the air is a little two-yard dump-off pass. Yeah. That's it. You know, they yeah. can't throw a deep very much. Something but. about Big Ben right now. There's this, I don't know. You get this feeling there's going to be some little magical ride here. But they could be one and out. Who knows? But I, I just have a weird feeling about that one. Uh, I might dabble a little in that. Just put a little money on it because you can win a lot. Yeah, exactly. So that's a fascinating game, though. That's Sunday night, Pittsburgh and the Kansas City. I know it's the Ice Guys and it's a hockey show, but we're not yeah. one-trick ponies. We know also our fascinating sports. having a Monday night playoff game, huh? Yeah, for the first time ever. Like, Super wild yeah, card I weekend. noticed that. I was like, yeah. I, they did a double take. I'm like, is that – they didn't make a mistake? No, nope. no mistake. We've got two games. It's because they have one extra wild card game in each conference this year. There's three wild card okay. games in the AFC, three wild card games in the NFC. So there's an ex- there's two extra games, and as a result, they're going to have a third game on Sunday. So there's going to be two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, including a Sunday nighter which you don't always get in wildcard weekend either. And then, of course, the first ever Monday Night Football uh, wildcard weekend game. So a uh, great time of year, obviously, with oh, the yeah. uh, wildcard weekend this weekend, the NFL playoffs getting underway. So uh, we're big football fans here at the Ice Guys uh, as well. I'm big fans of DraftKings, so make sure you take advantage of that offer with promo code THPN. All right, best bets to wrap up the show. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? I'm going to go with that Leafs money line in Vegas. I, I, I just think they bounce back here. Campbell's had a had a good track record of having a great start uh, after he loses. And by the way, I'm seeing now, again, can, everyone's saying Campbell now in between the pipes on Twitter. What, it's like we're going back and forth here. Yeah, I mean, and, and I got a text just now from somebody that works with the Leafs but isn't, I should say, isn't there. Uh, but he's saying it's Campbell as well. See, that's why you never say confirmed, you know, when you don't know 100% for sure. Yeah. There's, there's a couple sites that had Mirazik. That's confirmed. a little early for somebody to say confirmed, Ian, considering they're yeah. just getting off the ice in, yes. in Vegas right now. Oh, of course. Of the time yeah, noon Eastern or noon Pacific, I should say, right, right now is at the time so, we're doing the show here. Yeah. That's jumping the gun a bit when you do that before they even, you know, before they even have their game day skate. Okay. I know we'll get it right if we say this right now. To be determined. The Leafs starting goaltender tonight. <laughs> there we go. We got it right. We got it right. And I'm still sticking with Leafs. That's my best bet. Yeah. Still like in Toronto. All right. Toronto uh, minus uh, 115 best bet for uh, Jimmy Murphy uh, for this Tuesday uh, NHL card. Uh, my best bet for this card is going to be uh, I'm going to go f- uh, over the total with Vancouver and Florida uh, over six and a half minus 110. It's the Canucks off a long layoff. We've seen this repeatedly. Sloppy play, turnovers, just not sharp defensively for a lot of teams when this, they have this extended hiatus. And Florida is just an over machine right now. I mean, they're scoring goals in bunches. They're not necessarily shutting teams down every single night either. And I know Vancouver's played some pretty solid team defense under Boudreaux, and they haven't necessarily been an over machine since he's gotten there. But, man, the layoff, I could see them just being a little bit lax with the puck tonight. Uh, and I think that could play into some goals being scored here. So uh, Vancouver, Florida, over six and a half for my best bet for this Tuesday card. That'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us live on YouTube. Hit the like button uh, if you haven't done so already. And thanks to those of you who listen on the podcast as well. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form. 
on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 